Sigmund Freud had plenty to say about Oedipus complexes, but he didn't have much to say about what I call Oedipus complex, which is a phenomenon in litigation management and claims handling today. Let me explain. Hi, this is Kevin Quinley of Quinley Risk Associates, and welcome to the Claims Coach Podcast. This is the podcast delivering tips, tools, and techniques to help great claim and risk professionals get even better at managing their claims, their time, their caseloads, their resources, their careers. A couple of years ago, there was a reality show called Dream Job. It was an ESPN reality show. Young slackers and sports nuts competed to become real-life sports center newscasters. The winner got a one-year contract and the right to shout booyah during footage of home runs sailing over ballpark fences. Some defense attorneys are discovering, likewise, their dream jobs. Policyholders facing class action lawsuits or other mass torts often embrace the idea of a national coordinating council structure to guide their claim defense. And increasingly, I find, policyholders clamor and lobby their insurance companies to pay for national coordinating council when they have just a few claims or lawsuits. I've seen adjusters pressured to appoint national coordinating council when there have been three or four product liability claims. In one case, a company who didn't yet have a single claim but expected some entreated us, I was working for an insurer at that time, to appoint national coordinating council for them. Perhaps goaded by defense firms who see these assignments as plum jobs, some corporate clients, you never get this for personal lines, some corporate clients and risk managers are convinced that this is the key, this is the holy grail, this is the gold standard, and that this arrangement is a prudent step, a necessary step for their insurance companies to fund and implement, especially fund. So let's step back for a moment and take a look at the trade-offs, the pros and cons of adopting a national coordinating council model for claim defense. So I'm talking liability claims here. So let's talk about the pros. There's no mystery surrounding why many companies are intrigued or more than intrigued with national coordinating council when facing threatening litigation. Some of the benefits of national coordinating council include, first of all, Coordination and management of litigation, managing the discovery, coordinating a company's discovery responses, prepping company witnesses for depositions and trial, coordinating the work of consulting or testifying experts, and actively preparing cases for trial. Number two, expertise in state statutes, regulations, and industry practices that govern the claims or cases at issue. Number three, consistent reporting to the policyholder to apprise its management of the scope and magnitude of pending matters, whether you're talking about latex glove litigation or a recalled drug, talcum powder, Roundup herbicide. Uh, The client can often feel it can better model case reserves on institutional exposures. Number four, containing some costs and fees. We'll footnote this, as a client relies less on local counsel. Uh, National Council's 
institutional knowledge may produce favorable resolution of pre-litigation claims. And then local counsel, whose experiences justify being part of the overall defense team. So sometimes there's a blend. You've got National Coordinating Council and you've got local counsel. So National Coordinating Council is often seductive for companies for additional reasons, including consistent discovery approaches, document production, interrogatory answers, handling interrogatories one way in Oklahoma in a different way in Massachusetts invites disaster. This is especially true when plaintiff attorneys network, they're real good at that, and share information about pursuing high-profile cases. Inconsistent document production invites court sanctions and undercuts the credibility of your defense. And that's something that coordinating counsel aims to prevent. Another benefit is big-picture litigation focus. You know, what makes sense within the narrow context of one lawsuit might be harmful in a broader business setting. Examples include cross-claims, like if a, if a medical malpractice company uh, ends up suing another doctor, or a medical device or pharmaceutical company ends up suing a doctor. Bad business. Or cross-claiming or defense postures that antagonize key customers, suppliers, or business partners. Avoiding duplication of effort in educating local counsel. Some companies get tired of having to reinvent the wheel every time a different local law firm is assigned to defense in dispersed areas. Clients tire of orienting and training attorneys again and again and again on the same issues. I get it. Client convenience and having a single or at least centralized point of contact in lieu of managing dozens of outside law firms and counsel across the country. Many some see, see efficiency in National Courting Council. Having National Courting Council may reduce the overall number of hours needed to defend claims through a sane division of labor between local counsel and National Coordinating Council. And then another benefit before we get into the cons would be sensitivity to broader business issues that transcend the defense of any single isolated claim. So those are, those are some of the pros. Despite the advantages, though, the National Coordinating Council model does have its drawbacks and detractors. To that aspect of the discussion, let's now turn. As to the presumed need for National Coordinating Council, some clients and many insurers decline to drink the Kool-Aid. This isn't because National Coordinating Council is never needed, but because it's often overused. It's a little bit like a fad. There's an apocryphal tale of a small town that had only one attorney. And he had so little business, he nearly starved to death. Later, a second lawyer moved into town, and soon they, they both had more business than either could handle. The point is, an extra supply of lawyers creates its own demand. Okay, I think that's relevant when we talk about National Coordinating Council. Potential drawbacks include division of labor friction between National Coordinating Council and local council. Who does what? Who covers plaintiffs or expert depositions? Will local defense counsel just be a mail drop or occupy a more substantive role? Is local counsel clear on this? You know, ego 
and turf can disrupt the best laid plans. Without clear communication at the outset over division of labor, fractious disputes, and one-upmanship between National Coordinating Council and local council can arise. And this hikes the legal cross, it fragments strategy, and it detracts from the task at hand, which is to effectively defend the policyholder. A second area, tactical and strategic friction between National Coordinating Council and the insurance company, especially regarding what I'll call claim control issues. Okay, Risk managers and their companies seeking National Coordinating Council, often because they have definite ideas about how they want a case defense or legal strategy to evolve. Often, this is a feisty, pro-defense, let's go to trial, I want my day in court strategy. Insurance companies, they often harbor different perspectives, okay? They've got to pay the hefty legal bills. They've got to pick up the financial pieces if a runaway jury sees things differently. So insurance companies often resist a defend-to-the-death, scorched-earth strategy or a defense philosophy that says millions for defense but not a penny for tribute. That's easier to say if someone else, i.e. an insurance company, is the one paying those, quote, millions for defense, close quote. The third area of drawback is what I call an edifice complex. Many people... Many claims people view National Coordinating Council as a full employment act for lawyers. Jaded insurance claims people, I know that may sound like a redundancy, view National Coordinating Council as the dream job for defense attorneys, hence the perceived bias of some lawyers to persuade clients that they really, really do need a National Coordinating Council. Another potential drawback is clashes with the insurance carrier over costs and control. One risk manager who prefers anonymity told me, there's only one con I've seen, and that is insurers may view National Coordinating Council as an additional unnecessary layer of expense. Until you get an insurance company comfortable with National Coordinating Council, insurers will complain loudly and threaten not to reimburse defense costs. But by explaining the pros and demonstrating National Coordinating Council's value by its performance on actual cases, he said, we've always been successful in winning over the insurer's claim staff. Another potential drawback is that appointing National Coordinating Council may send the wrong message to opposing counsel. It may send the message to opposing counsel, to plaintiff's counsel, that This litigation really is a big deal. Sort of sound like Ron Burgundy here. To tell you the truth, I'm kind of a big deal. To tell you the truth, this litigation is kind of a big deal, or else we would not be hiring National Coordinating Council. Plaintiff attorneys realize that clients and companies appoint National Coordinating Council when they have or they perceive a large problem. Establishing this structure may telegraph to personal injury attorneys and others that the case has substantial value and exposure. So, is National Council a dream job for underemployed defense attorneys? Or is it a dream solution to risk managers' litigation headaches? The right answer may be all of the above. 
depending on the circumstances. National Coordinating Council may be a needed tool for effective management of litigation risk. In other circumstances, it, be, it can become an expense train running out of control. It's a tool, and like any tool, it can be employed deftly or crudely. In the case of litigation emergencies, break glass and consider retaining National Coordinating Council, but be aware of the pros and cons. Hey, if you like the content here, please subscribe to the Claims Coach Podcast on iTunes and leave a review. For more information on Quinley Risk Associates and my menu of services, please visit me on the web at www.kevinquinley.com or connect with me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at ClaimsCoach. That's one word, at ClaimsCoach. Or through LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check back for future claim and risk management podcasts from Quinley Risk Associates.